Right now at Kohl's, it's the last-minute gift sale. Take an extra 20% off and save on kitchen must-haves. Get 25% off toys and get 20% off fragrance gift sets. Plus, get Kohl's cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Still not sure what to get? Our gift cards are always a great idea. Give with all your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. 20% offer valid December 21st through December 24th with promo code RECEIVE20. Offers and coupons do not apply to toys and beauty. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. It's Monday, April 8th, and today I'm reporting on one primary story of injustice. It's about an absolutely egregious new lie coming from the NYPD, and it's on their heinous murder of Eric Garner nearly five years ago. It's hard to believe the new lie that they're telling. In addition to this story, today I'm going to have a set of very clear action items for us to take together. We'll be doing that a lot more often, because we're not just here to change the news, we're here to change the world. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The, 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 the Breakdown. Just this past week, it was revealed that the NYPD's chief surgeon, Eli Kleinman, determined that Eric Garner was never choked and therefore was not actually choked to death. And that's strange, because nearly 100 million people watched a video. I saw it. You probably saw it. Nearly 100 million people watched a video of an NYPD officer literally choking Eric Garner to death. And based on Dr. Kleinman's report, I'm wondering, as I read it, is he going to shock the world by telling us that Eric Garner is actually still alive and that the body we saw at his funeral is not actually that of Eric Garner? And the attorneys for the man who murdered Eric Garner celebrated this report from the NYPD. They celebrated it with glee, claiming that it fully exonerates Officer Daniel Pantaleo. And it's absolutely the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen or heard. First, I had no idea that the NYPD actually had a chief surgeon until now, but I can tell you this much. He must be blind, and he's damn sure the dumbest surgeon I've ever heard in my life. I don't know if he actually still performs surgeries, or nowadays he's just in the business of lying for a living, but that he could actually form his lips to say that Eric Garner was never choked should be enough for him to lose his medical license. It's outrageous. And so many people are to blame for this debacle that we even need to have this conversation now. It's ridiculous that the family of Eric Garner is still fighting for justice and that this case is still open five years after his murder is preposterous. I don't know if you've ever heard me tell the story that I'm about to tell, but in so many ways, it's the origin story of how I became a full time journalist and organizer in the Black Lives Matter movement. Let me tell you this story. Break it down. In July of 2014, I wasn't even a full-time journalist. I wasn't a full-time organizer. I didn't have verified accounts on social media. And my life was significantly different than it is today. In July of 2014, I was actually the director of communications for an environmental charity called Global Green. Our national office was in Los Angeles, and it was actually a cushy space near the beach in Santa Monica. And in the summer of 2014, nearly five years ago, I was sitting at my desk in my cubicle when I got a Facebook message that would change the entire trajectory of my life. It was from a friend of mine from my days as a student leader at Morehouse College. 
When I was a student at Morehouse, I was very much the activist. I was the youngest student government president elected there since 1947 when Dr. King was a student at Morehouse. I don't know if you've seen the movie School Days, but in that movie, I'd be the Larry Fishburne character. I literally owned my own megaphone. When I was inaugurated as student government president, I wore a dashiki and put a black power fist in the air. And I rallied people against injustice. That's what I did. We held forums back then on the sentencing disparities between crack and powder cocaine. We spoke out against the gentrification in our neighborhood. And in 1999, a young brother named Amadou Diallo, unarmed, nonviolent, committed no crime, but was shot and killed by the NYPD. They fired 41 shots at Amadou on the doorstep of his home and claimed that when he pulled out his wallet to show them his ID, that they thought it was a gun. And we rallied and organized for Amadou. And in so many ways, his murder, which was 15 years before Mike Brown's or Eric Garner's, the murder of Amadou Diallo was our Ferguson moment. For many of us, it was our introduction to fatal police brutality. And from that moment forward, nearly every year of my life, brothers who knew me from my days as a student leader at Morehouse They would always come to me with stories of police brutality or racism, and they would expect me to speak out on them. And that's what happened in July of 2014. A former classmate of mine had somehow stumbled across a video of police violence on YouTube. It had just been posted, and it only had a few thousand views. And in his message, he described the video. Sean, this is a horrible video, man. It's of a middle-aged black man in broad daylight on a street corner in New York City. And Sean, you're going to see it. The police are harassing him. And the brother tells the police that he didn't do anything wrong, that they've got the wrong guy. And all of a sudden, a cop comes up behind him and begins choking him UFC style and wrestles the man to the ground and continues choking him. And Sean, you can hear the man yelling out over and over and over again, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And Sean... The man dies right there on the sidewalk. Sean, can you share this video and see if you know anybody who can do anything about it? On some levels, five years is simply not a long time. But if you take a moment to think about it, so much has changed in the United States since 2014. And at that point, believe it or not, viral videos of police brutality didn't even exist yet. And when I clicked on the link that my friend sent me, this video of Eric Garner dying was just as he described, but in some ways worse. I'm ashamed to say that a part of me almost assumed that my friend must have left something out, some missing threat that Eric Garner had to have caused to be choked to death on that sidewalk. My friend left nothing out. Just like Amadou Diallo, Eric Garner was unarmed, nonviolent, and posed absolutely no threat whatsoever. And just as my friend described, he was choked to death. At first, yelling out, I can't breathe. And he repeated it and repeated it until he just couldn't say it anymore. And then he died, right there on the sidewalk, in broad daylight. And I can't quite explain the moment, but I was shook. I don't think I'd ever seen a man die like that before outside of the movies. And sitting at my cubicle, 
I knew that what I had just witnessed was wrong. I knew that it was a grave injustice. And I shared that video on my personal Facebook page describing how wrong it was. And within days, that video and my words had been shared millions of millions of times. And over the next few weeks, millions of people across the world knew that phrase, I can't breathe. And people all over the nation began marching and demonstrating, demanding justice for Eric Garner. Now, the county medical examiner deemed his death a homicide and said that it was caused by, quote, compression of the neck in the form of a chokehold, as well as compression of the chest and prone positioning during physical restraint by police, end of quote. Let me read the first part of that again. The county medical examiner deemed his death a homicide and said it was caused by, quote, compression of the neck in the form of a chokehold. One of the most respected medical examiners in the world also reviewed the autopsy and confirmed its original findings that Eric Garner was choked to death. And as I say this to you, I am staring at a still picture of Officer Daniel Pantaleo with a brutal chokehold locked around Eric's neck with the muscles in Pantaleo's arms bulging as he squeezed Eric Garner's neck tighter and tighter. And in this image, Eric Garner's eyes are beginning to bulge out of his head and the veins in his forehead are pronounced as he struggles to breathe. And even then, he didn't resist arrest or fight back. I want to know, is it the opinion of Dr. Eli Kleinman that Eric Garner was going to spontaneously combust on the day of his death no matter what? And that it just so happened that Eric died with the arms of Daniel Pantaleo tightly wrapped around his neck, but that he was going to die at that day, at that time, at that exact moment, no matter what. It was just a coincidence that Daniel Pantaleo had his arms tightly wrapped around his neck. Because to say that what Daniel Pantaleo did to Eric Garner played no role in his death would require us all to believe that type of outrageous story. That's it, yeah. My head's spinning like a breakdancer. Then it told me question life. What a great But let me tell you how we got here and who all has failed the family of Eric Garner so badly that this case is still basically open five years after the fact. First and foremost, District Attorney Dan Donovan failed the family of Eric Garner for refusing to press charges in this case, and that was all the way back in 2014. It was this failure, in part, that helped me first understand that we need to oust horrible district attorneys and replace them with compassionate reformers who have the courage to hold violent police accountable. But after Dan Donovan failed this family... At least three systems existed that could have come behind Dan Donovan and provided this family with some type of justice. First, President Obama and the Justice Department had three years in power to investigate this case and hold the officer accountable. In fact, my dear friend Erica Garner, daughter of Eric Garner, who literally died fighting for justice for her father, she said that both former Attorney General Eric Holder and President Barack Obama himself promised her that they would see to that this case was closed while he was in office. But guess what happened? 
They opened the investigation and they never closed it, leaving it open for the Trump administration to make their final determination. And of course, the Trump administration ruled that Eric Garner's civil rights were not violated. But the truth is that by never making their own ruling, after having three years to do so, the Obama administration failed this family miserably. And if I had to make a short list of the five sins of the Obama administration, this would be on that list. And their failure truly broke Erica's heart. And she felt so betrayed by them. The second group that could and should have quickly done something about this case was the NYPD. The chokehold had been banned by the NYPD for nearly 20 years when this case began. It's a clear violation of multiple policies. And when they refused to fire Daniel Pantaleo and instead chose to protect him for five years, it basically said to the world that they will ignore their most important policies to protect one of their own. And that brings me to the last party that has the power to do something about this case and has absolutely refused to do so, and that's New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. The mayor of New York City has direct oversight of the police department and has the power to hire and fire every single employee there, including the chief of police. And what's so disturbing about de Blasio being completely unwilling to fire Daniel Pantaleo is that de Blasio ran for mayor on the platform of holding police accountable for misconduct. He's in his second term and he can't run for reelection. And many of us thought that he would be brave in this second term, but he still isn't brave. And he can't say that he refused to fire the police officers for political reasons because he's in his final term. He has just lacked the will to do it. Before she passed away, a huge part of my last conversation with Erica Garner was about her rage that Mayor Bill de Blasio showed up at her father's funeral spoke against the injustice when the cameras were around and then refused to do anything about it. It's been five years and it's time that we hold Mayor Bill de Blasio accountable for his inaction here. Most of you probably never heard this, but Heather Hare, the young woman who was killed by a white supremacist in Charlottesville, was actually a volunteer for an organization that I was leading in 2016 where we would use social media to fight for social change. And the last action that she took with us before she passed away was to tweet and Facebook to Mayor Bill de Blasio demanding that he fire Officer Daniel Pantaleo. And today I'm going to ask you all to join me and follow in the footsteps of Heather Hare. And let's again demand that Mayor Bill de Blasio finally have some political courage to fire this brutal NYPD police officer. Now, in 2016, I couldn't imagine that we'd still be right here three years later, still hoping for the mayor to do right by this family. But let's give this one more push. Now, here are the actions that we're going to take together, all right? The first thing that I want us to do together is I want you to send a tweet to the New York City mayor, Bill de Blasio. And I'm going to do this with you, okay? But I want you to do it in your own words. I want you to send a tweet to at NYC mayor. Okay, when you send your tweet, you have to make sure that you tag the mayor at NYC mayor. 
simply asking him to explain why he has refused to fire the officer who murdered Eric Garner. Just please use your own words. Now, at plenty of times I've done this before where we write scripts, and here's what I found. When you write a script, it's not nearly as effective as there being hundreds or thousands of actual people speaking in their own words, in their own tone, in their own language. So I want you to write a tweet to the at NYC mayor account, at NYC mayor, simply asking him to explain why he has refused to fire the officer who murdered Eric Garner. Please use your own words. And if you don't have a Twitter account, I'd like for you to go ahead and open one, put your picture in there, put your name in there. Because here's the thing. He checks his replies and he's sensitive to this type of stuff. And we just want him to understand that if he's going to push this case further and further and further down the line, I at least need him to know that we're watching. Again, his handle is at NYC Mayor. And when you tweet him at at NYC Mayor, at the end of your tweet, please include the hashtag the North Star. So again, write a tweet to at NYC Mayor in your own words, just asking him to explain his lack of action, refusing to fire the officer who murdered Eric Garner. Be sure to include at NYC Mayor. And at the end of your tweet, put the hashtag, the North Star, and we're going to be retweeting your best tweets as soon as we see them up. Now, here's the second thing, and it's a little more complicated, but it's also equally important. I want you to go to Google, or really you could go to your favorite search engine, but I tested it on Google, and the first search that comes up is what works. Go to Google and Google the following words. Google these words, email NYC mayor, email NYC mayor. And when you Google those words, email NYC mayor, there's a form that's going to come up where you can actually email the mayor's office. Now, it's really policy in the city for them to check that account. And I want us to send hundreds of original, unique emails and send those emails to the mayor asking again, the same thing that you're asking in the tweet, but you can expound on it a little bit. Let them know that you're a concerned citizen. Let them know that you're disappointed. And just let them know that you want clarity on why the mayor has refused to fire the officer who murdered Eric Garner. Remind them that the officer violated policies. Remind them that it's been five years, which is preposterous. But please be courageous. And, and unless you are a city employee or something in that regard where you think it may come back and hurt your job in some kind of way, I'd love for you to, to use your own name, your own email address, your own contact information, because people may contact you back. So again, Google the following words, email NYC mayor, and it's going to take you to a contact form. And I just want you to communicate with them in your own words on why you're bothered at their lack of action not just firing the officer, but really doing anything of substance about it. All right? The break, the break, the break, the break, the breakdown. breakdown. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. This is the first episode of our second week. And if you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe right here and share this with your friends and family. 
Our next big goal is to have 100,000 subscribers, and we won't get there without you. Have you left a review yet? If not, please leave your very best review when you get time. Of course, thank you so much to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. I love you all, and I appreciate you so very much. Now, if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community at thenorthstar.com. Again, go to thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but we have hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers in the world. Lastly, thank you again to our lead producer and podcasting director, Willis, for putting in the hard work to put each and every episode together. He leads a wonderful team of musicians and DJs and rappers and engineers who all make the music and transitions for each and every episode. We've gotten so much great feedback from you all about how much you love it. And all that music is original. And we'll be right back here tomorrow for the next episode of The Breakdown. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mmm. Mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. Ba-ba-ba-ba. I participate in McDonald's.